Welcome, everyone, to the First Presbyterian Church podcast. We are First Presbyterian in Elizabethtown, Kentucky, and we are glad that you are here listening with us, and we'd love to hear from you. Um, We hope that your day will be blessed, and may the peace of Christ be with you. Please uh, join me for a moment of prayer, and then we'll take a look at this passage of Scripture. Living God, for whom no door is locked, no heart is closed, draw us beyond our doubts until we see your Christ, and touch his wounds. And this we ask through Christ our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, uh, this passage of Scripture has has always been one of my favorites to preach on over the years. Maybe because it reminds me that God is always present with us in all of our circumstances, even the worst ones. And I need, perhaps you do too, to hear that message this morning on this second Sunday of Easter. This passage is full of fear and doubt, the kind that is crippling, the kind that can take you to the bottom, where resurrection moments happen. The disciples are behind locked doors because they are afraid it is getting dark and Jesus' body is still missing. Plus, Mary Magdalene has just told them that very morning that Jesus is alive and, of course, As Mark tells us in the first gospel written, the closest gospel written to the time of Jesus' death, they didn't really believe her. Imagine for a moment how they felt. It doesn't take much based on the kind of week we've had, or I've had at least, to be right there with the disciples, doesn't it? Their world has been turned upside down. Life as they knew it had forever changed. Their sense of security is gone. They are confused, overwhelmed, afraid, and they at least seek refuge together where they feel safe, even though they are afraid for their lives. Can you relate to any of those feelings this morning? With the latest mass shootings in Nashville and Louisville, and really ever since COVID, Our world increasingly feels upside down, doesn't it? If we're honest with ourselves. And yet this is when the risen Christ shows up. The story makes it feel like he just walked through the locked doors right into the closed hearts. (laughs) You know, I have this fanciful imagination, but the doors are locked and Jesus shows up. And... uh, of course, they, he may be knocked and they open the door, but it's, it's wonderful to think of, uh, and, and commentators have talked about over the years, of, of Jesus just able to go forward and backward and alongside, in front of us, behind us. It's a marvelous picture. And then he says, peace be with you. Peace be with you. The words we say to each other every Sundays we pass the peace and now we have to we do this uh, many of us because of 
the fear of COVID or the fear of passing on the disease to uh, someone who might be immune compromised. Peace be with you. And then look at my hands. See the wound. Look at my, look at my pierced side. Inviting them to consider the possibility that he, Jesus, the Christ, would carry their wounds and the wounds of those around them. And then this is when the disciples see the Lord. <laughs> they didn't believe, they didn't believe Mary, but they see the Lord when they see the wounds. And then Jesus says again, peace be with you. As God, my father, and my loving parents sent me, so I send you. Now it's important to note that peace here that Jesus is referring to is more than just having an absence of conflict or living in tranquility. It's more about well-being in the greatest sense of the word that, that serves the highest interest of being a human. Jesus wants us to have peace so that we can be the best humans that we can possibly be. And then the risen Christ breathes. And I love, I love this, you know, because it's our very breath. Um, I don't know if, if any of you have done any meditation, mindful meditation or any breathing exercises, but they're everywhere now and it's in our culture. And, and it's, I love the fact that our very breath, that Jesus ties our very breath, his breath to our breath and to the Holy Spirit. And the, in the scriptures, the Holy Spirit is the breath of God living in us. Do you know what the Eastern Orthodox Church says about uh, the Holy Spirit that is revealed in the Bible? Uh, this was, uh, I, you know, I, I learned uh, this in, um, when I became ordained on, and, and the education on my way to becoming ordained and uh, wrote, a, wrote a paper on the Trinity and how the Western Church understood it, how the Eastern Church understood it, all Christians, all believing in the Christ. But the Eastern Orthodox Church believes that the Holy Spirit is a way of sharing God's life energy. Wow. Wow. That means that God is with us and in us, and that together we can bring hope to those who need it. Which means our thoughts and prayers, yes. But maybe it's more than that. Maybe as importantly, with God with us and in us, and together, we can bring the hope and comfort to those who need it with our thoughts and prayers, yes. But by challenging the powers that refuse to do nothing, instead of having a, a conversation about all of the vexing problems that we face together, the powers double down to divide us, spreading fear and lies for their own economic gain. And Thomas, of course, wants nothing to do with anyone, including the disciples. Was it his fear, his grief, his isolation, even his anger at what the powers had done to Jesus that kept him away from that first gathering? Defiantly, he says, unless I see the nail marks and put my finger in, in, in those and my hands in his pierced side, I will not believe. You can just feel the, 
You can feel the animosity of Thomas. And he's been labeled, I think, unfairly over the years as doubting Thomas. But if we're honest with ourselves, don't we all doubt? Don't we all have questions? Don't we all wonder about this mystery of the risen Christ? And then the best news. This is, this is really good news. The disciples reach out to him, to Thomas. They missed him. And they're doing their best to bring him comfort and hope. We, we, saw, we saw his nail, the scars in his hands. We saw, we saw his pierced side. They're trying to make sense of their new world, but they're going out and, and finding the person that wasn't with them to try to help them not be so afraid, not so locked up. And so Thomas joins them the next Sunday night. I love that. In the same house. It's amazing what God's life energy can do, isn't it? So if you know someone this week who's afraid or grieving deeply or living in isolation, which can be a sign that they are struggling mentally, reach out to them with Christ's love and grace and with Christ's mercy and compassion. With God's life energy in you, and I see you're a Matthew 25 congregation, I encourage you to work on the priorities of the Presbyterian Church USA, to build vitality here in the congregation, to address oppressive systems that perpetuate poverty and racial injustice and violence, and continue as a PCUSA Earth Care congregation to address the effects of climate change. We've, we've had quite a few storms, and every storm is the storm of the year, the storm of the century, the storm of the century, and, and we continue to go about our way, feeling like we have no power, but God lives within us, and he is with us. So Christ uh, comes to Thomas and the others, and it's the uh, same greeting, peace, peace and then again put your put here's my wounds and now Thomas's turn my lord and my god and and then this phrase meant for John's audience which was again was about a hundred years later when it was written have you believed because you've seen me blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe so it's an encouragement for us we haven't seen Jesus I mean, maybe you have, maybe you have, but, but we know the risen Christ, don't we? So I had my view of resurrection expanded a bit this week, thanks to the, my daily devotional readings in the morning uh, from Richard Rohr. He's an American Franciscan priest who's one of the leading thinkers and writers of, of um much like Andre Nouwen in the Catholic faith, uh, who wrote uh, in the uh, uh, early, late 90s and early 2000. I read most of his books, but now Richard Rohr is, is speaking, well, I think, truth. And uh, here's just some of what I read. Resurrection and renewal are in fact the universal and observable pattern of everything. 
if the incarnation, God becoming human, is real, and the Spirit, the breath of God, has inhabited matter from the beginning, then resurrection in numerous forms is to be expected. Wow. The Christ mystery, Rohr states, anoints all physical matter with eternal purpose from the very beginning. And then this, this wonderful insight. We should not be surprised that the word we translate from the Greek as Christ, Jesus Christ, and Paul really speaks a lot about Jesus Christ because he never met Jesus. He knew Christ, but he, he'd never met Jesus. And Rohr says the Hebrew word, which means the anointed one or Messiah. Wow. Christ is the anointed one or the Messiah. Jesus Christ reveals all that is anointed. His first incarnate life, his passing over into death, and his resurrection into the ongoing Christ is the pattern of all of creation, Rohr argues. He is the microcosm for the whole cosmos, the map for the whole journey. That's quite a bit, I know, but it just made my heart sing in the morning. And then you look at the beauty. There's so much beauty in the world. God becomes Jesus. Jesus becomes Christ, participating through the Holy Spirit in God's life energy with us. It makes I have seen the Lord really come alive, doesn't it? May we recognize this week how the resurrection of all things is happening in all of our moments, even those the most difficult and tragic ones. As we share with Christ in God's life energy, bringing hope and comfort to those who need it, by challenging powers and systems that perpetuate violence, division, and injustice. Amen.